Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So tonight's message is called Priority with a Payoff. And you're wondering how cool that sounds because Pastor Brady came up with it. So that's how you know it's good. If you don't like it, again, Pastor Brady came up with it. So, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, if you're taking notes, it's priority with a payoff. If you're not taking notes, it's payoff with a priority. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, the key text for tonight that I want to get into is Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Matthew 6, 25 through 33. And it says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, all his glory, was not arranged like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For even unbelievers seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And here's a key verse for tonight. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, that's Jesus talking to a large crowd and, and telling them about the kingdom of God and how everything, you know, being anxious and worrying, how it doesn't really do anything for you. But that last part is just such a, a big deal. And I think what happens is we hear it a lot. You know, we hear it pretty often in our lives. Okay, like seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and things will be added to you. And I think we get like this surface level understanding of it, right? Like, okay, yeah, we get that. But I think it's not until we apply that scripture and experience it in our lives, that we really grasp it in our hearts of what he's saying here, right? Can you all kind of agree with me? And so tonight what I want to do is I just want to break down that scripture. Basically, the scripture will just preach for us, and I'll just uh, talk about it. So what I'll kind of do um, is I broke it down to like a question format. So it's kind of like a Q&A, except I ask and answer. So you can just sit back and relax. So the first point of that scripture is what does it mean to seek first? What does it mean to seek first? You know, we can read that and get very religious, and you can come and say, oh, Shah, yes, Matt, the Lord always comes first. Good word, buddy. Like, bless your little heart. Yeah, like, yeah, preach it, Matt. You got it. Come on, put God first, right? But in reality, if someone investigates our life, if they see what we do on the daily, it doesn't take long to find out what we truly seek first, right? doesn't take long for someone to see, okay, that's what he's seeking first. Because seeking first means this. It's what we make priority. It's what we make priority, and it's what's most important to us. You know, and I also think in this context that the word first can also mean now. The word first can mean now. And here what I'm, here's what I mean by that. So let's say you got some homework. You got some chores. You have to write a letter to your crush. You guys don't really write letters. It's like text now. It's not even letters. just like you got a phone. You just write a paragraph up. So you got to do that to your crush. You got to get that bro time in to talk about the NBA playoffs. 
You got to get that girl talk in to talk about how guys talk about sports and it's weird, you know? And so you got to get all this stuff done. And so you get home from school and the first thing you get to is normally what was priority. And since it's priority, you do it now, right? So you know you got that homework to do, but you can go chill with your bros. Like you ain't going to do homework right now because why? Chilling with your bros is priority to you. And likewise, I think there are things or certain lifestyles that we want. And when do we want them? Now, right? It's like a chant at a, um, <laughs> what do we want? This. When do we want it? Now. You know, uh, but there's things like a diploma or a degree. I know you are still in school. Summertime, though. Shout out. I love summertime. But you want a diploma or a degree, and it's like, why does this take four to eight years to get done? You know, high school is the best seven years of my life. You know, no, no going back. You know, we want more money, right? We always want more money. I think minimum wage should be $40 an hour. Matt, Matt for president. Thank you. <laughs> we want marriage, right? We want that now. So that's where you say preach. Come on, preach. We want marriage. Even though we're all under 18, can't really get married right now. We still want it now. We want a car or a house now because we got to stunt on the haters. You know, I need a Lamborghini to stunt on the haters. That's just a natural thing. We want a successful business now because Forbes, they're calling your name. You got to be on the cover. You know, that's a big deal. And then we want children. Okay, we don't want children right now, but some people may want children now. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I think it's okay to have those desires and to work towards those things. Those are great things. But I believe what we really need now is the kingdom of God in our lives, which conveniently segues into our next you know, question of the night. It's The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what is the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Now, I believe that this can be elaborated on. It can go way deeper. But for tonight's instance, I'm just going to sum it up like this. I think the kingdom of God and his righteousness is the Lord's presence, his will, and his glory. It's his presence, his will, and his glory. And here's what I mean by that. See, before presidents and before the nation got mad of who was the president, who should be the president, how Matt should be the president because he wants $40 minimum wage, you know, that's right. There was this thing called kings, and kings still exist, just not as often. But back in the day, kings would expand their kingdom and take over other people's kingdoms. <laughs> they would just take over. Now, these kings obviously can be expanding because they're just prideful and arrogant and want their name on all the billboards you know, around town. They want Facebook to say, oh, the king took over such and such country. But here, I think, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is our king doesn't do that. Our king is here for his people and stuff. And I'll get to that in a minute. But nonetheless, when a king took over a new city or a territory, that land now falls under their authority. It's now under their authority. And a king back in the old days wouldn't just walk up to a new, you know, new city or new territory they just conquered and be all shy and timid. And they wouldn't just say, uh, hi, um, I'm King Matthew. And, um, well, I'm the king in charge now, but I don't want to offend anyone. So, uh, you know, however you used to do things, we'll just, uh, We'll just keep doing those things, you know? That's cool. And maybe we can kind of compromise on some stuff, right? A king would not do that. When a king takes over, the old way is done. The old way of doing things is done. And when a king walks up and has dominion, it's now their presence, their will, and their glory that takes priority. But how great of a king that we serve, 
King Jesus, that he lets us choose him. So he doesn't just come and barge in and say, okay, I'm taking over. He's a gentleman and says, hey, I want you to be in my kingdom. But the thing about it, if we choose to be in his kingdom, that means we serve him and not vice versa. Not vice versa. But praise the Lord and how good that he is because our old way of doing things just does not cut it. It doesn't work. That's a life of sin. We were slaves to sin. And sin led to depression. It leads to anxiety. It leads to pain. It leads to selfishness and harm to others and a bunch of other consequences. But when the Lord shows up, he pushes out that old way of doing things and he takes over. He takes over. And here is the great thing about that, that he is such a good king that his presence, his will, and his glory still benefits his people because that's how good he is. And so what if I told you that we want some things now, but maybe the Lord wants to teach us to comfort us, to heal us, to strengthen us, to even convict us on things, to use us in the time of life that we're in, and to prepare us now for what will come later. You know, so now we can re- read that first part of the verse like this. Seek the Lord's presence, his will, and his glory for where you are now. And that list I mentioned earlier kind of looks a little different. You know, we start thinking about the kingdom of God in our lives, things start to look a little different. So now when we say, oh, I want the diploma degree now, well, maybe the Lord is trying to teach you some time management. Maybe he's trying to help you to communicate better with people around you. Maybe it's to be more knowledgeable in a certain area. I know some of you are in college here. You're going for a specific degree about something. You're learning about that. You're growing in that area. We want more money, of course, now. But maybe the Lord's teaching us to be faithful with the small before you get the big. Maybe when your account, the bank account is just $100, you're learning to tithe, you're learning to give on $100. So when it gets bigger, you already have that principle laid out. We want marriage now, but maybe he's teaching you to serve and to live selflessly and to grow in patience and wisdom because marriage ain't no joke. You know what I mean? It ain't no joke. I'm single, but I see my married friends. I'm like, oh, okay, that's scary. I'm going to stay over here. You know, but I think he's teaching us something now. You know, we want like a car or a house or something cool like that. But maybe your time now is to learn to be humble. It's breaking off jealousy. It's breaking off arrogance. It's learning to honor others and having no pride. To be grateful for what you have now so when more comes later, you'll still have those, those things set and your life will be an example to others. You know, we want a successful business. I know I'm a young, a young guy working for my dad. I want a successful business. And, you know, it'd be cool to have all that right now. But, man, maybe he's teaching us to learn how to treat people, to develop your craft better, to learn a process or something, and to steward something well. Are y'all tracking with me tonight? See, maybe if we change our perspective and get on board what the Lord wants to do now, we'll start seeking his kingdom greater in our lives. And let me say this. I believe nothing is by accident when you're in the Lord's will. I'll say it one more time for the people in the back. Nothing is by accident when you're in the Lord's will. Ask him what he wants you to do in you and through you during this time of your life above all other things you desire. That's seeking him first. And look, I I was in high school. I I claimed to be a Christian and stuff, but... I took this seriously. Man, I wake up in the morning before school and I start praying and just 
you know, crying out to God, I want more of his life. And then I go to school and next thing I know, people are coming to ask me about Christ and stuff. And I'm just sitting there eating lunch and they're like, hey, I got a question. I see how you're living your life. But man, I was just putting God first. The next thing I knew, man, the kingdom of God was moving. I'd pray for people and the like the situation would change, they would get healed or, or get restoration, whatever it is. You know, I've been where you've been is what I'm trying to, to let you know. I'm not just a guy up here that says, oh, do this, peace out. I'm here to tell you that, man, I lived in your shoes before and it can happen. You can see the kingdom of God tangible in your life. And, you know, maybe you know, maybe you've been, you know, prophesied over before, you read a scripture, or you're praying to the Lord one day. Maybe he has called you to something great. Maybe he has told you about a promise in your life. And, you know, an easy example just to kind of use here is, you know, let's say the Lord called you to be a missionary. That's great. That's awesome. But it doesn't always mean it's going to happen immediately, right? It doesn't always mean we, we get this idea in our head, like God says, do this. And we're like, okay, we're doing it now. Like tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's going to get started. No, sometimes it takes time. And your argument to that might be, but Matt, the Lord called me into the nations. That's wonderful. How about you answer the call to your high school first? How about you answer the call to the people that are around you right now in your life? You see, most of you are in high school, so I'll just stay on that for a moment. You're in high school for four years and that's it. You know, I can't go back to your high school and live for God. I just be this creepy old guy. You know, I can't go sit in your algebra class next to that person and tell them about Jesus because that's just weird. <laughs> God placed you where you are, not by accident, but to make a difference in someone's life near you. You see, not only does the Lord want to benefit you, I do believe he wants to teach us, heal us. You know, he saved us for that reason, to, to give us life and life abundant. But his love is so great, he wants to use you to benefit others as well. You know, this scripture is meant to be a daily thing. Like, what if we woke up and sought the Lord and his will first? You know, I, I challenge you. I just make it a challenge because I challenge myself. Like, what if we woke up and asked, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? What do you want to do right now? God, what's your heart for today? I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about 10 years from now. When I wake up today, what do you want to do? You know, maybe it's to help us grow and mature, and maybe it's help to reach out to someone else around us. You know, I think of just times where, you know, just pursuing God, and I'd be doing whatever, and I'd end up in a place like a coffee shop or something, and the next thing I know, I run into somebody, and they start telling me about stuff that's going on in their life. And it's like, this is crazy. I went to this coffee shop by accident. And now here I am able to minister to this person. But all I was doing earlier was just praying to God that, hey, open up doors of opportunity for me. And I get to witness and be a light to them. Likewise, I'd be going through some rough stuff. You know, I dealt with depression and anxiety from time to time. And I'll give you one example, not in my notes, but I just thought about it. One day I was at work and I used to be a janitor and it was just kind of a lonely job. I'd get there and everybody else would leave so I'm like by myself all day and I remember one day I was just like Lord on my break it'd be so cool if I just went somewhere and like I go eat and someone comes and meets me there that'd be so awesome that was just like me saying that so I go to lunch I order my food and sure enough as I turn around one of my close friends walks into the same restaurant and sits with me isn't that crazy see I believe God takes care of us and he provides for us when we need something and that leads to this final part of the scripture. You know, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what does it mean that things are added to me? Well, I believe when he says things, 
I think it means physical things that we need or desire, as it mentions in the verses above it. It's food, it's clothing, it's shelter. I think what God wants to tell us is that, hey, I'll provide for you. I'll take care of you. Ultimately, the scripture is saying to learn to trust in the Lord, to rely on and lean on him and watch him provide like for you. And altogether, I think it can be said like this, you prioritize the Lord seeking his presence, his will, and his glory now for where you are in life. And you won't have to worry about later because you are in his kingdom and we have a king who takes care of his people. He takes care of us. You know, I'm thinking about just different scriptures and how Paul was stuck in prison. There's no cool thing about being in prison. That's not a prosperity gospel. Hey, God taking care of us. But look what's happening. He's in prison writing letters to people, doing the will of God, following what he believes needs to be shared. And we call that the New Testament or most of it now, right? So while he's just obeying God, seeking the kingdom first, and he's stuck in prison, God's using him to future generations, to impact. That's crazy, right? And so I'm not just saying this stuff to say, oh, life will be perfect. Life is just going to go your way, my brother. You seek God first, and man, everything on your checklist will be marked. What I'm saying is God will take care of you no matter where you are. You know, I've seen it time and time again with different people in life. I've, I've seen people who are less fortunate, but they are praising God and they're coming to church and they're around. And I just see the body of Christ taking care of them. Like, you know, I know there's one lady, for instance, I know uh, her, her situation was kind of rough. She didn't have a job or anything. And yet people would go pressure wash her house for her. People would make meals for her. People would provide clothing for her. I know uh, Pastor Ray, his tithe message, that was pretty crazy, right? Who was here for that? of how he said every time he tithed and was afraid to give it up, God would come through and still provide for him what he needed. That is just real testimony. And I think that's just amazing how God takes care of us. And at the same time as that, we can kind of think what happens if we're not in the Lord's will, if we feel like, man, I'm really not seeking God. I'm not doing what I think he's called me to do. Uh, Let's use the example of the missionary once again. You see, if God calls you to preach the gospel in China, and you don't go when the opportunity arises, then you may begin to wonder why you're unsatisfied and you lack peace and you're not feeling the Lord move here back at home because you know in your heart that he called you to China, right? But let's say that you go to China to preach the gospel like God called you to. I guarantee you, you'll find deeper trust in God and you'll see how he provides for you, even in the face of your fear and doubts. You know, as you share a message like this, it's easy on paper to say, but when fear and doubt are rising up and you're not sure if it was God or not God and you're unsure of what's going on, God wants to provide for you. (laughs) He wants to prove that fear and doubt wrong. He wants to prove that, hey, he's a king and he's going to take care of you. He is a good, good father, as that song says, that he will take care of you. And so as we close tonight, I just want to kind of share uh, a few more examples, but I want to say this first. The Lord wants to develop a track record with you. He wants to establish a track record with you. Listen, a lot of you are young right now and maybe you haven't had this chance to really put trust in God on something big, but I'm telling you that as you give little trust, even just in the smallest things, God, I pray for breakfast this morning and you get breakfast. God, I pray for you know, just a good grade on this test that I do well on this test and you do well. Let God start to develop this track record and watch how much more trust you can have and bigger and bigger things in your life. 
Like I say that from experience, y'all. I say that from a point, you know, even even preaching like this. Again, one of my favorite things to do is to preach. You know, this started back in high school. You know, we did this thing called Students for Christ, and my friend Brandon's here actually. He's the one who made me go. But let me tell you that story real quick if you if you want to hear it. So we're there. I'm a sophomore. He's a senior. And uh, we're chilling one day at lunch. And he says, hey, Matt, there's this uh, Christian club. I think we should start going to it. And I was like, ah, like I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, what time is it at? When is it? He's like, oh, it's like Wednesday mornings at 645. I was like, oh, sorry, man. My, my, my aunt comes pick me up at 650, so I can't make it for 645. I'm so sorry. He's like, well, just ask her. Go ahead and ask your aunt and see. So I go the next morning to my aunt. I'm like, hey, uh, how's it going? She's like, what's up? And I say, nothing much. Um, but I'm like, look, there's this uh, little Christian club that they have. It's a cute little thing they do. And she's like, yeah, when is it? And I was like, well, it's like 6.45 on Wednesdays. Just like, oh, yeah, we could do that. I'll just come get you earlier. And so here I come, and I walk into Students for Christ that one morning, cold, dark morning. And I walk in, though, and I feel the presence of God, no lie. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, this is where you need to be. And little did I know that those Wednesday mornings sitting in a classroom at a school I didn't want to be at, if I can just be real, I didn't like school. Do well, though. Make good grades. Your parents are watching. But I didn't like school. So here I'm in this place that I really don't like, but I feel like God's calling me there. I'm waking up 20 minutes earlier. I know, right? (laughs) 20 minutes earlier, that's a big deal. For me, it was at the time. And I'm going, and next thing I know, I'm learning how to preach better. I'm learning how to share the gospel. And while that's going on, as I'm just saying, God, your will be done, your kingdom come, students start coming, some who don't even believe in God, and we just start being able to build a relationship. And I'm sitting there with them at lunch, and I'm outreaching to them. I'm just loving on them. And, man, I see God start doing things in people's lives. I start inviting people to Fusion, which you should do. Invite them. It's, this is an awesome place. Bring your friends here. It's awesome. But I'm inviting friends to Fusion. Next thing I know, they're giving saved. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. But little did I know that all those times in the morning as I was just pursuing God and being where I felt like he called me to be, he's preparing me for stuff like this. You know, opportunities to come and preach the gospel to different areas and different people. That's crazy. Back in sophomore year and junior year, I wouldn't think I'd be standing up here in front of you guys. And I thought I'd be somewhere else. <laughs> There's no example there. But no, like I come and he was just building a foundation of trust and building my craft. And next thing I know, I can come and preach to you guys something I love to do. And and through that as well, just another little example. Um, I was helping out the kids camp, which you should also do. Like Jonathan said, I know you guys ain't working. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you should definitely help out. But I was there one day and I was, you know, leading a class and how many of you helped before? A kids camp. That's a scary thing to do to lead a class of a bunch of little kids and they don't want to listen to you and you try to get them to listen. So I'm over there, you know, my hair's falling out and I feel like I'm getting older by the minute. My back's giving out and stuff. And, um, you know, it's just crazy. These kids are running around. But through that, I'm kind of learning how to talk to children, how to communicate the gospel, how to reach out. Well, next thing I know, one of my other aunts, I don't have that many aunts, I promise, but one of my other aunts, she is like, hey, I'm doing this ministry with some young kids and I just need uh, some more guy leaders there. Would you want to come help? They're like in middle school and stuff. It's like, yeah, I'll go help out. 
And so I'm just started helping out there. No one really knows I'm doing it. I'm just serving because I just felt like I should go and help her. And I made some, you know, close friends with some of the guys there. And the next thing I know, I get a call from Miss Dixie, who was the head of the children ministry for a while. And she's like, hey, could you come preaching 412 while I'm gone? And I'm like, why not, you know? But little did I know that the time before where the kids camp, then helped my aunt out, gave me the ability to help out in 412. See, God was establishing it. I was just following his will at those times. And I seen him as Dixie asked, hey, do you want to help out and serve here on a regular basis? And I felt the Lord say, you need to be here for this time in your life. You need to come here for whatever amount of time I have you for. And next thing I know, I'm there and the same thing's happening. I'm able to reach out to young men and, and help and influence them. I know some of the young ladies are in here when I was in 412 and you know, I was able to preach and stuff. And it was just awesome. And so what I'm saying tonight is God will always prepare you for the next season of your life. And what I just want to let you know is it's not by accident where you are. You're here for a purpose. You didn't come to Fusion Night by accident. You didn't go to the school that you're at by accident. God wants to use you where you're at now and let him develop a track record with you to take care of you. One final story on my own, then we'll stand up and close in prayer. I was just thinking about times, you know, I'm not really um, poor or hurting financially, but at the time, again, being a janitor, I moved out when I was 18 so I was pinching pennies pretty hard. Like I knew my parents would be there for me if I needed to, but I'm a man now, you know, so I don't ask them for nothing. I'm going to take care of myself. <laughs> so anyway, one day um, I'm at work and I had a credit card and I was kind of getting hungry. So I was going to go buy some food where I worked at. And I realized I bought my college books, which cost like $20,000. So my credit card that I had, which was like very minimal, was maxed out. And I checked my wallet for cash, no cash. So I'm like, man, I guess I'm not going to eat today. I guess this is just it. And some of my coworkers, I was just helping them out because they needed help. There were a couple of waitresses. I was cleaning their dishes and busting tables for them. They come out of nowhere and give me $10. Like, thank you so much for helping us. So like that moment back there, I start crying. And like, they're not around because I'm a tough guy. So I'm just like crying, like, God, you're so good. And I got like, I ate lunch that day. And that's just one story of many stories I've seen God come through in my life. When I felt like I had nothing, he was there for me. And so as we close, you can go ahead and stand with me if you'd like. You know, as I shared some firsthand examples, I've also spoken with people who have experienced that, God providing for them. And I've seen other people's lives. And I see the Lord always come through. Matter of fact, when my friends and I talk each week, and he was talking about how this guy started an orphanage. And literally every time he needed money for his orphanage in a different country, like he wouldn't, he would just pray to God, say, Lord, I need money for this orphanage. I just pray you provide. He wouldn't tell anybody about it. He would just pray. And then he'd get a phone call, and someone felt led to give him money. And it's usually the exact amount that he needed at that time. And then he'd run out of that money and just pray again, Lord, I need more money. And again, God would come through for him. Why is that? I think because he's seeking God first and doing what he know he's called to do in the season of life that he's in, and God's taking care of him. I've seen people, you know, with, with divorced parents and everything, and these kids come around church, and you wouldn't even know that they had a rough childhood. Why? Because you see everybody taking care of them and loving on them and stuff. And so what I'm telling you tonight with these stories is, again, I'll beat it the whole night. I don't care. God wants to provide for you as you seek him first where you're at in life. And even when plans fall through or they don't go the way you thought, maybe God said one thing and something else ended up happening, 
Don't stop trusting in him and don't stop seeking him first. The Bible says we delight ourselves in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I truly believe that. But we have to delight in him first. And so that scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Let's go ahead and just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for tonight, God. And I thank you, God, this word will not return void, Lord. I just pray over every student, every person in here, God, that, Lord, they would seek you first, God. I pray tonight would be a rededication, God, of their lives to you, Father. That, Lord, maybe we were wavering, maybe we were off pace, maybe you weren't priority, God. But I pray, Lord, that tonight we would put you first in our lives, God. Lord, I just pray, God, you would speak to them, Lord. God, I pray when they ask, Lord, that what do you want to do now? You would tell them, God. You would show them, Lord. I pray as they ask, God, for your kingdom and their life, that, God, you would show up and show out, Lord. I pray you give them opportunities to minister to others, God. I pray you would speak to them about things they can work on in their own lives, God. As we want these things now, God, I pray that they wouldn't worry. God, we break off anxiety right now in Jesus' name. And I speak life, I speak peace, and I speak hope, and I speak faith, God, right now. No anxiety, no worry of what they'll eat, what they'll drink, what clothes to wear, God, because we know that you provide for your people, Lord. As we seek your presence, your will, and your glory, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would continue to provide for each and every one of us, Lord. God, help us not to live by accident, Lord, but help us live a purposeful life, God. Lord, I know we're hitting summertime now, but I pray during this summer, God, we'll be able to grow, Lord. You'd help them to grow individually, Father God. God, I pray just for conviction. God, I pray for anointing. I pray for passion for your word, God. And Lord, I pray as they read, God, that you would just show them things, God. You would show them promises. You would show them how you take care of your people, Lord. And I pray that you'd be able to develop a track record with every person in here tonight, Father God. Lord, let it be a track record, God. And when people come to them in panic and anxiety, let them have that peace of knowing what you can do, Father God, of knowing that you come through for your people because you love us, Lord. And again, I thank you, Lord. I pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in fusion, Lord. I pray, God, for the broken people that are around us, God, that we'd invite them here, Lord, and they'd feel your presence, they'd feel your love, they'd feel your grace, Father God. I pray for any person in here, Lord, that doesn't know you, God, or may know you but has never just surrendered their life, God. I pray for tonight, God, that that'd be the first time, Lord, that in Jesus' name you would deliver them from sin, God, the bondage of sin, which leads to depression and anxiety and fear and doubt and hatred, God. And I just pray for your peace and your mercy and your grace, God. Lord, may they leave here lighter than what they came in, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.